It's going to be a, a little bit lengthy uh, scripture reading this morning. But John chapter 8, I'm going to start in verse 30. Uh, Jesus has just kind of finished, finished speaking, and he's kind of done a, a, basically a sermon. And at the, at the end of this, this conversation, this sermon, it says this, And then many who heard him say these things believed in him. So like Jesus has just finished speaking to this group of people. They've heard him, and many people have believed in these things that Jesus had just said. They believed in him. Now starting with verse 31. Jesus said to the people who believed in him. Now remember, this is important. He's talking to believers now. He's talking to people that this isn't like someone that's questioning in their faith. or what. This is, They've just come to believe in Jesus. Jesus is talking to this group of people. You are truly my disciples if you remain faithful to my teachings. And you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. Have, have, have y'all heard that scripture before? You will know the truth and the truth. How many of y'all didn't know that was in the Bible? How many of y'all thought that was like on a movie somewhere or something like, wasn't that like James Bond or Sean Connery said that? The truth, wasn't that like a quote from a fame? No, no, you shall know the truth and the truth will set you free. But we are descendants of Abraham, they said. We have never been slaves to anyone. What do you mean you will be set free? Jesus replied, I tell you the truth. Everyone who sins is a slave to sin. And, and a slave is not a permanent member of the family, but a son, a son is part of the family forever. So if the son sets you free, you are truly free. Yes, I realize that you are descendants of Abraham, and yet some of you are trying to kill me because there is no room in your hearts for my message. I am telling you what I, what I say when I, I was with my father but you are following the advice of your father. Your father is Abraham. Our father is Abraham, they declared. No, Jesus replied. For if you were really the children of Abraham, you would follow his example. Instead, you're trying to kill me because I told you the truth which I heard from God. Abraham never tried to do such a thing. No, you are imitating your real father. They replied, we aren't illegitimate children. God himself is our true father. Now, Jesus told them, now, if God were your father, you you would love me because I have come to you from God. I'm not here on my own, but he sent me. Why can't you understand what I am saying? It's because you can't even hear. You can't even hear me. For you are the children of your father, the devil. Like, ouch. Like, right? If you're hearing Jesus say that, like, hold on, wait a minute. We've gone from Abraham to God. Wait, Nate, your father, the devil, ow. Like, I don't know if this was a Father's Day sermon that Jesus was speaking, but uh, he says this to him like, ouch, you know? Uh, For you love to do evil things that he does. He was murdered. He was a murderer from the beginning. He has always hated the truth because there is no truth in him. When he lies, it is consistent with his character, for he is a liar and the father of lies. So when I tell you the truth, It's just natural. You just naturally don't believe me. Which of you can truthfully accuse me of sin? And since I'm telling you the truth, why don't you believe me? Anyone who belongs to God listens gladly to the words of God. Because you don't listen because you don't belong to God. Now the people retorted and said this, You Samaritan 
devil, didn't we say all along that you were possessed by a demon? No, Jesus said, I have no demons in me, for I honor my father, and you, you dishonor me. And though I have no wish to glorify myself, God is going to glorify me. He is the true judge. I tell you the truth. Anyone who obeys me, obeys my teaching, will never die. And and the people said, now we know you are possessed by a demon. Even Abraham and the prophets died. but, But you say, anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. Are you greater than our father Abraham? He died, and so did the prophets. Who do you think you are? Who do you think you are? Wow. Interesting little back and forth between Jesus and this group of people. Okay, um, have you ever read something and, and then you think, man, what is a great image that to kind of put with this particular story? Do y'all remember uh, the Muppets show? Muppets, absolutely the best. Remember these guys on the, the Muppets? It's like uh, Waldorf and the other guy, I can't remember his name. Um, and, and their whole thing is like they would just kind of sit up in the balcony and criticize and hate the whole show of the Muppets, and they would criticize and, and all this stuff. And, and here I want to play for you guys a little clip of the, these guys have just kind of seen a show, and this is their response to what they've heard. And turn the volume up on it pretty loud. Pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad. It was awful. It was terrible. Get him away. Hey, boo. Boo. <laughs> that was wonderful. Bravo. I loved it. Did you catch it? Like, so at the beginning, oh, it's the best. It's wonderful. It's great. It's okay. It was all right. Well, they were kind of, uh, boo. Like, that's what's just happened here. They've gone from, man, Jesus, and we believe in him, and we love him, and then, uh, and then all of a sudden, he says something that they don't agree with, and they're like, wait, wait, hold on, hold on, whoa, 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 boo, which by the end of this, by the end of this chapter, it says this, and at that point, they picked up stones to throw at him, like they've gone from like, Jesus, we believe in you, we love you, and literally, minutes later, they're trying to stone him, wow, right, Um, the title of this sermon is haters are gonna hate, like I just, you know, have you ever met those people that like, no matter what, Haters are just going to hate. You know, like, you've, you've given them your all. You've given them your best. And, like, no matter what you've done, it's just not good enough. Or, or they, st- like, they start out like, oh, man, these friends, these people, you know, they love me. And then literally, like, a little time into the relationship, uh, you know, they're okay. And then a little bit later, oh, I can't stand that person. Right? Or, or how many of you have been <laughs> that person, right? Or, or let me put it, hold on. Let me back up a second. How many of us have started jobs? We're like, oh, man, this is just the wonderful job. God gave me this job. I love working for this company. It's just it's a blessing. I love it. They're great. And then a year into it, it's all right. They don't really know what they got in me. You know, I need a raise and stuff. And then a year later, I can't stand this place. I'm going to kill my boss. Right? You know? Or, or, or even like in marriage sometimes. Oh, I love you, baby. I love you, girl. And then all of a sudden, things get real. <laughs> you see her without makeup. <laughs> he leaves the toilet bowl seep up all the time. And all this stuff, and all of a sudden, you just are at each other's throats, right? How many times have we even done this with Jesus? 
Like we come to Jesus and we get saved and our lives change and it's amazing. And we've come out of the darkness into the light. And then all of a sudden, maybe things start to happen in our life that, well, it's not supposed to go this way. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute, Jesus. What? You're telling me to do this? I'm not so sure about Jesus anymore. And then it's like some of us even get to the point where we're actually against the gospel. Like it happens. It it happens all the time. And and see, Jesus has said something to these people that all of a sudden they don't like. And the thing that he says has become a, a popular saying today, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. To which we hear that, and we're like, yeah, that's awesome. But they heard that, and what they heard was free? So you're implying that we're slaves? And they're very upset. Like, you're implying that there's something, we're not slaves. What do you mean we're going to know the truth and the, the truth will set us free? Are you saying that we're slaves? And Jesus says, yep, you're a product of sin. And here's the thing, you're a slave and you don't even realize it. You're a slave and you don't even realize it. And, and, and the people get so upset that they actually even start to mock Jesus when they say, what, we are not illegitimate children. And so when they say this, this is actually kind of on two fronts. One, it's on the front of they know who Jesus is. They, they've heard the stories, and, and Jesus is claiming to be virgin-born. And so there's the reality that when they say we're not illegitimate children, they're like saying just, yeah, we know that they say you're virgin-born, but let's, let's, the reality is you're illegitimate. This happened, you know, all this stuff. You know, you're not fooling anybody. And, and then they're on, the, on the other hand, it's also saying, listen, do you not know who we are? We're the Jews. We're, we're from the God's chosen people. We have, we have a pure bloodline. And, and genealogy would be very important. And we, we trace our genealogy all the way back to our father Abraham. There, there's nothing mixed or blended within us. So what are you talking about? What, what are you saying of this free and this? And, and so they're very much insulted. And, and, and their response back to Jesus is to insult him. Have you ever, like, responded to people that way? Like, when someone insults you, your natural tendency is, oh, okay, you want some of this? <laughs> like, I can, I, can, I can bring it back. I can bring it back at you. You know, like, there's, there's that instant reaction where, man, Jesus has just given him his best, and now all of a sudden it turns into an argument. It turns into to this insult to him. Uh, you know, how, how do we react when we're insulted? How do we react when people, like, make that turn? honest and and at one point they were cheering us and now they are hating us you know those times those moments where you're like "Ooh, if i didn't have my coastal vineyard jesus t-shirt on i would tell you something if i didn't have my my jesus bumper sticker right now you'd get beat i'd be beeping at you like when y'all leave here today you're gonna go to this intersection (laughs) and i know like come on this is like the worst intersection because you're like you got the right of way. Come on, people. Like, it's a good thing you were just in church. I would be here. No, you go. No, you go. And, like, it's going to be frustrating. It's going to happen. Just go ahead and accept it. And you're just like, oh, but what would Jesus do, like, in this situation? Like, I don't know if I'd get rid of this shirt and so I could tell him what I really think, you know? And there's, there's this moment, but we see in here not just what, would you, what did Jesus do? What did Jesus, how did he respond to people that he's poured out his heart to? He loves them, and yet they've hated them. Uh, they're getting to the point where even they're going to stone him. And the first thing Jesus does is he points out their delusion. 
Because they respond back to saying, like, what do you mean? We, we are a people that have, have never known slavery. And Jesus is saying, listen, first of all, you've got to realize to know the truth and the truth will set you. See, first of all, this is in context of the, the, the whole sentence here. It's just saying it's a process. Because it says this. If you, you who are truly my disciples, if you remain faithful to my teachings. So for those of you who say you believe, right, and, and, and you've heard this sermon, you've, you've come to church, or you've, you, you've listened to the podcast, you've, somebody's preached the gospel, you've heard Jesus, you believe in him, but like Jesus is like, there's a process. Like, yes, you're free, but you need to be made free because you've got some stuff that's wrong with you. There, there, there's, you're still a slave, and you don't even realize it. You've got to be renewed. You've got to be washed in the word. You need, you need to change some thinking about you. And he says, so, so part of this process is you are truly my disciple if you remain faithful to my teachings. And if you do this, you will know the truth, speaking of himself, and the truth will set you free. It's a process. This is what discipleship looks like. And he says two, two things that, that can never be taken away from discipleship is truth and faithfulness. It has to be true. You, you can't believe a lie. You can't live your life on some kind of lie. If, if it does, your, your ground is going to fall. And yet, here's kind of the funny thing. Like truth and faithfulness in our society today, these are two things like whenever I bring that up, it's kind of like, oh, you know, truth and faithfulness, not so cool. You know, truth, the truth is relative. You could have your truth. He could have their truth, I could have my truth, and we'll just all live together in harmony. And what's true for you may not be true for me, and everything's just relative, and so it's all okay, let's just all get along, right? And Jesus is like, no, 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 like, there is truth. And, and, to, and to know that truth, and then, like, you've got to stay faithful to it. And so another thing, like, faithfulness, like, that's not really looked at in society like an awesome thing. Like, imagine kind of putting this on your job resume, and faithful. Oh, hey, let me make it better. Imagine putting this on your dating profile. Like, describe yourself. Well, nice, kind, faithful. Like, is that code for ugly? Like, you know? Like, we kind of look at faithfulness like, no, we want exciting and, and adventurous and all this stuff. Like, we don't want to describe, like, faithful. Like, eh, you know? And, and yet he's saying, like, some truth and faithfulness. And here's the irony of this. The irony of this is when the people say, that we're free, we've never known slavery. <laughs> like, this is a people that have known so much slavery. This is a people that they've made bricks in Egypt for 400 years. This is a people that have been conquered time and time again. Here's even more irony. At the time of Jesus speaking to this, to these Jews in this place, it is underneath Roman control. They're slaves right now, and they don't even realize it. And by their own admission, like, what are you saying? We're not slaves. Like, and here's the thing. They don't think they're slaves because they're no longer walking around with the chains. They're not looking through prison bars. And they think that that makes them free. And Jesus takes and he turns it all upside down. He says, listen, it's not supposed to be like this. The reality is when I say that you shall know the truth and the truth shall set you free because the fact is you don't know who you really are. You don't know who you really are because who you really are is in me. And I'm calling you sons. 
You have a father in heaven. You have a different dad than this dad that you've been serving all along. Because this dad that you've been serving all along, well, he's full of lies. And he might bring you to the illusion that you're free just because you don't have chains. But the fact is you're trapped right now and you don't even realize it. You've believed a whole lot of lies. A whole lot of lies. And and again, in, in today's society, like that's almost kind of like we build our foundation on the opposite of this. That we don't need truth. Everything can be relative. And and everything can just be all right. And the reality is, this isn't freedom at all. But it actually enslaves us. It's slavery because it's not built on the truth. It's built on this man-made idea that uh, anything goes. And, And here's the thing. Like, Christianity, figure out how to say it. Christianity is exclusive by nature. The very nature of Christianity is, is exclusive. When Jesus said, there's only one way, and that's through me to get to the Father. Exclusive. There's no other way. And so like, that gets a lot of people mad. Well, what do you mean there's only one way? To, one way? And Jesus said, it's through me. It's through him. And so that gets us mad. And, and, and it's kind of brought about this idea that to have exclusive truth puts you on this kind of playing field of like, well, they're arrogant and they're pride, prideful and they're condescending. And who are you to say that you have the truth and we don't have the truth? And, and then all of the things that come alongside with that. But here's the thing that they don't understand about exclusivity. Christianity is the only religion, the only faith that is exclusively inclusive. It's exclusively inclusive. It's inclusive because Jesus says this. Here's your exclusivity. All of you are sinners. All of you fall short of the glory of God. And it's inclusive because the only way I'm opening my arms to all of you. Every man, woman, and child has the opportunity to come and to know me and follow me and be my disciple. It's exclusively inclusive. See, every other religion, you've got to work for it. Every other religion, it's based upon these rules and regulations and things you have to do to earn God. And yet Jesus says, there's nothing you could do. I have done it all. And it's totally inclusive to everyone. And you shall know this truth. And the truth will set you free. <laughs> and see, like our society, uh, inclusiveness is based upon this idea that we are all kind of based, basically good. And like, since we're all good, you could have your truth and everything goes. What Jesus says, no, like, it starts with the premise of all of you are bad. <laughs> you all stink. You're all terrible. You've all fallen short. You all need my grace. You all need my mercy. It's, it, it is not exclusive. It's totally inclusive. You're all messed up people. But there's only one way, and it's me. And, and this, this, this gets us mad because, man, well, well we want multiple we want multiple paths, right? Now, Jesus says, this is the only way. And the fact is, I want you to know the truth. I want the truth to set you free because even in this thinking that you have, you're slaves. You're slaves to sin. You're, you're bound up and you don't even know it. And he's saying, listen, I call you sons. I call you sons. Now, again, someone could look at this passage and say, well, Jesus is kind of hating on gender here, you know? Why, why wouldn't he say, I call you sons and daughters? Why would he say, I call you sons? Well, remember, 
he is speaking into the context of the culture of this day. And so the culture of that day, the sons had all of the rights. The sons got all of the inheritance. Women didn't have rights back then. Women didn't get to vote. Women didn't get to choose all of these things. Women, women, if the dad was to pass away, the, the girls wouldn't get any of this. And so when Jesus is saying, I call you sons, what he's saying to this group of people, I've called you to come and partake in this inheritance that I am providing for you. you everything that I have, you get. And so it's not a gender thing. It's not a male or female thing. It's like, I'm calling you sons. I'm calling you into this life. I'm calling you into something more, this life of freedom, this life of joy and peace. There, 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 there is hope and love and there's faith and there's peace. And it's an invitation for you men and you women to know the truth about yourself, to know the truth about yourself. And I'm calling you as sons. Now you would think at this point in the conversation that the people would hear this. They would hear this conversation and say, listen, man, we could partake. We could have everything that he has because he's come from the father and everything the father has, he's given to him. And now he could give to us and you would think they'd be happy. But how do they respond? They respond by this. You are a Samaritan devil. Didn't we say that you were possessed by a demon all along? Like this is the comeback to Jesus. Like you, they're, they're not happy. They're not joy that Jesus is bringing them to a place of freedom. But they're saying, listen, you're a Samaritan and a devil. And so to call him a Samaritan is first of all bringing about their idea of uh, uh, hatred towards this other group of people. And they're, they're, the Samaritans were the outcasts of society. The Samaritans were the one that were 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 pushed to the side like they were just the rejects and everything and so to be called a samaritan would be like that's those people and so it's, it's revealing first of all their prejudice so when they call on jesus there's this insult that they have to him and, and it's revealing their own prejudice in their heart like you're a samaritan and, and then they go for you're a devil and you're possessed by a demon now look at the measures in which these people attack jesus in their response to him first of all they do it in the flesh because in the first conversation, they say, listen, we're of our father, Abraham, flesh. And then they compare Jesus to a, a Samaritan, flesh. And, and when then that doesn't work, then they try to get all spiritual on him. Oh, no, no. Our real father is Father God. And, and, then, they say, and then they get all spiritual. Well, it's not, not even so much a Samaritan, but you're possessed by a demon. So they, get, they attack him in the flesh. They attack him in the spirit. And, and Jesus responds in both ways, to both this pattern of attack, he says, listen, there's flaws in your argument. Because even on the fleshly side, like if your father was Abraham, like look at Abraham's life. He wouldn't be trying to kill me. You are. Therefore, obviously, Abraham's not your father. And, and then he even responds to him on, on the spiritual front. He shows them the flaws in their argument. And he goes on by saying this, listen, you, you, you dishonor me, and yet I honor the father. See, I'm doing this for his glory. God, God I, I wish to give glory to him myself. God is going to do it. He is the true judge. I tell you the truth. Anyone who obeys my teaching will never die. And he goes on to say this. If I, want to, if I wanted the glory for myself, it wouldn't count. 
See, if I was doing this for myself, if I was doing this to raise me up and, and, and my own glory, it wouldn't count. This is, this is amazing that Jesus would say that. Uh, the, the, the book of Philippians 2, 6 says this, And he, who being in the very nature of God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Like the humility of Christ. And this to say, like, he is fully 100% God. And yet he's saying, listen, I'm on here for a mission and for a purpose. And it's not to glorify myself, it's to glorify the Father. And yet my Father has chosen to glorify me. But it's not, a, it's about him. And everything that I'm doing and speaking and saying to y'all is the truth because the Father's given it to me. And I give it to you. And I'm calling you as sons into this life of freedom. If I was to just do this for myself, if I was to just kind of say, like, it's not about the Father, then it wouldn't count. Like, he's showing them his motives behind this. He's showing the thing that, that's at the deep of his heart. He's saying, listen, I want you to know the truth. I want, I want you to be set free. I want you to abide in me as I abide in the Father. I'm giving you a new picture of what it means to have life in me. A new picture of what it means to be truly, truly free. Because I'm talking about a freedom that it doesn't matter if you have chains on your arms or if you're walking around. You can still find freedom in me. Have you ever seen, like, uh, there's some people, I believe, that are in prison today that are more free than some of us that have our freedom right now. You know what I'm saying? I've been there. I, I, I've, I've spoken to some of these guys that have been locked up 10 years, 20 years, serving life sentences. And you could tell, you could see it in their eyes. You could hear it in a voice. There's a freedom that they found in Christ. We can look at the scriptures. We can see the disciples being thrown in jail, and they start praising God. And, and, and there's a freedom even in the midst of that. I see, like, we like to think sometimes, I think, that we're free because we don't see the chains. And God's saying, there's a whole new way of looking at this thing. There's a whole new life that I'm calling you to. It's an invitation for freedom. It's an invitation for freedom. So Jesus is, he's poured out his heart. He's poured out his soul. And if the band could come back up. See, at the beginning of this portion of scripture, the people believed and the people sung his praises. And by the end of it, they were trying to stone him. It, it sounds pretty familiar to what's going to happen later on in the scripture where Jesus walks in and, and there's this parade for him. And people actually like lay down palm trees, branches, and everybody's shouting, Hosanna, Hosanna. And everybody's loving Jesus. Hosanna in the highest. And then literally a few days later, the same crowd that's singing Hosanna is shouting, crucify him. It's like Jesus is very familiar with these patterns. And the reality, too, is with us as disciples, we will go through this as well. There will be relationships that we have. I mean, they started off great, but all of a sudden, truth began to be revealed. Things happened, and all of a sudden, man, what happened? Well, the truth is, sometimes, no matter how much you pour out your heart, no matter how much you pour out your soul, no matter how much you reveal the truth to a person, they're not going to want it. They're just going to hate you. 
They're going to, haters are going to hate. And you know what you got to do? Sometimes you got to do exactly what Jesus did. It says when they picked up these rocks to stone him, he walked away. He slept, he, he slipped out the back. He slipped out the back. There's times where, listen, you've, you've done everything you can, and sometimes you just got to walk away. But here's the thing. It's not that you just walk away for nothing. Because in the next chapter, you know what it says that Jesus walked to? He walked to a blind man that was in need of him. And he prayed, and he was healed. So it's not that you're just walking away, but you're walking to something. There's a whole world out there that needs you. Men, there may be some times where you have faced some discouragement. You've faced some rejection. You, you've tried to give your best only to have it thrown back in your face. And it's caused you to want to just give up. It's caused you to just, well, I'm never going to do that again. I'm never going to step out in faith again. I'm not going to love like that again. But here's the thing. Sometimes you just got to walk away because there's someone out there that needs you. There's someone out there with blinded eyes that wants the truth. There's someone out there that is just waiting for you to come along and come by and walk by them and speak life into their life and speak hope into their life. And so men, listen, guys, we, we, we've got to stand up. We've got to start being the men that God has called us to be. And yes, it means rejection. Yes, it means people are going to hate the message. But don't be discouraged because, listen, even Jesus says, like, they hated him first. Jesus understands. He's been there. He knows what it's like to go from Hosanna to crucify him. He knows what it's like to go from, and they believed in him, so they picked up stones. Don't give up. Don't give in. Let's pray. Lord, this morning this Father's Day. God, I just want to pray a special prayer over all of the men who in, in some ways have, have kind of given up on hope. They've been, they've been in the battle maybe for such a long time that it, it kind of let those dreams fall to the side. They've allowed someone else's words to penetrate their heart, God. And they believe things about themselves that just aren't true. God, we have believed things about ourselves that aren't true. And God, you have called us sons. You've called us ones to come and walk in your glory and in glorious inheritance, God that everything that the Father has given you, you have given to us. That we can walk in your grace and your mercy and your love and your forgiveness. And we can be disciples that love truth and remain faithful. Help us, Lord. Help us, Jesus. Even now, while we're still in prayer, if there's anybody in here that doesn't know him, anybody that you just feel really super, super tired, and, and that tiredness comes because you've been trying to do it. You've been trying to do all the work, and you've been trying to make things right, and you've been trying to fix 
everything and everybody and fix yourself. And, and Jesus is saying, listen, there's only one way. I'll do it. You can't fix you. You're messed up. But I can do it. So at this moment, it's just you and him. It's just you and your father, and he's calling you. So just in your own way, in your own words, just, God, Daddy, Father, I need you. Come into my heart. Come into my life. Forgive me. I repent of my sins. Dad, I need you. I want to know my true father. This has been a presentation of Coastal Vineyard Church, a community of faith, hope, and love. For more information on who we are and how you can support future podcasts, visit us on the web at www.coastalvineyard.org. Come to the sea